Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon, start of a new rainy week at least in the northern half of the state of Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can find out more about Pearl River Resort on their website, pearlriverresort.com. As always, we welcome you to join the conversation on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. Where we do, right here in Seaspire Country. Check them out online, seaspire.com slash business. A, uh, a great Friday for you guys celebrating 100 years of Farm Bureau in the state of Mississippi. Hate that I could not be there with you, but a, uh, I know by all accounts, a great day uh, all day long being there to uh, celebrate with the folks from, uh, from Farm Bureau. And the start of a new week as we transition into bowl season. We've got the, uh, the playoff field set. We've got all of the bowl matchups and today, the transfer portal is officially open. I heard on a national show just a moment ago that there are already over 750 names in the transfer portal, and that number is steadily going up. It is Nobody's immune from it, right? doesn't matter if you're Georgia or Alabama or Texas A&M or LSU or Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Jackson State or anybody in between. Uh, you're not immune from the transfer portal because of the uh, world in which we live right now. So much to get to this afternoon. Fellas, what's up? It's hard to believe. We're not going to be able to get get everything in in three hours, uh, but it, but we're going to try, I suppose. Uh, what, what the news the, is we got five days this week. We do. And, uh, you, you know, free agency's here, and that's what this is. I, I do continue to see people say things like, this is not sustainable. Somebody needs to step in. Relax. This is year two. And unfortunately, there are going to be people that are quote-unquote victims by letting it figure itself out. But let it figure itself out. Don't have the NCAA step in and, and do other stuff. Guys are hitting the portal, expecting to get a bunch of NIL money. They're not going to find it. They're going to make a bad decision by hitting the portal and leaving their current team. 
And it's going to suck because they're not going to have a place to go. But that is going to teach the individual a lesson. And that is going to start calming things down. When you've got hundreds and then possibly over a thousand, couple thousand players in the portal, Mm -hmm. and when they all don't have a home, and when they all don't get on NIL money, things are going to start calming down. Let it happen. It sucks that college kids are the ones that are going to have to learn the hard way about this, but you don't need the NCAA stepping in. This is going to calm down, because there are guys that I've seen that have hit the portal that will have nowhere to go. It was a bad decision to leave, and they're going to learn the hard way. You've got guys that are hitting the portal looking for a bunch of NIL money, and it's not there because people are already starting to dial back how much NIL money they give to recruits. It's already happening. So it will work itself out. We don't need the NCAA to step in. We don't need Congress to step in. It's it's crazy. It's chaos. It's wild. And because of that chaos, moving forward, people are going to start making better decisions. It will work out. It's just crazy right now. The only people who have real problems are the people making five, six, seven million dollars a year. So who cares if they have to work a little harder? It won't kill anybody. By the way, I love the fact that Borky's in a pullover, Richard's in a hoodie. I'm wearing shorts. It feels great outside. It's just cloudy. It's just it's just funny that Richards looks like he all bundled up and I'm Dude, it's it's forty seven and it has rained since I woke up this morning in Oxford. Oh, here it's it's like in the sixties here. Really? Like it's cloudy. It, you look out the window and you think it should be forty, and then you walk outside and it feels like spring. And tomorrow it's supposed to be in the mid seventies. Yeah, I, I saw that it was supposed to really warm up tomorrow. So. I, maybe I exaggerated on the forty-seven. Let's see. It's uh, right now yeah, fifty-four. Fifty-four yeah. and raining, and it has been all day long. I guess you're just but getting back to the south portal. Of the rain. Yeah, yeah. Getting back to the portal. I mean, I mentioned this on it'll be tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. I just don't mind the chaos. I don't mind it. And I look at you know what the portal has done for teams like Mississippi State and Ole Miss. It's made them better. And it's it, you've got blue chip players out there every year now. They're not just sitting on the bench at Alabama and Georgia waiting their turn anymore. They're getting out there and trying to get in the game. I, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. Maybe I'm just a capitalist at heart. I don't know, but. I just don't have an issue with, with with all this. Yeah, I just don't. You know, I see people like, oh, they got to get rid of the transfer rule. You know, you can you can you can quit your job, you can leave your wife, you can abandon your children. But a college football player, they got to learn about commitment. It's it's dumb. Let them go. I don't care. And like we kind of talked about on Friday, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are are in good situations, right? Coaches are obviously staying. Thing, things are are good, better than they are at other places here in the state right now. If you lost a coach, like I feel bad for Louisville today. Louisville fans, I feel bad for them today because now they're in a coaching search. Louisville fans feel bad about it. They may not, but their roster. If there's any player worth anything on that roster, it's going to get decimated before they can bring in a new guy to hopefully save it. So that that part of it stinks. Lincoln Riley last year really left Oklahoma in a bad way because he took their best players with him. Uh, So that that was bad for Oklahoma. But if you are stable. This is fine. Look, Mississippi State, as, as we talked about Friday, brought a bunch of guys back defensively because of NIL. Like th- That mm-hmm. is why State's returning a bunch of guys on defense as opposed to them going off to the NFL. Um, so far, between the two teams, more guys are going to hit the portal for sure. There is one impact player so far on two rosters that have hit the portal. 
It's not like Ole Miss... And, that, and that's Ra-Ra Thomas at Mississippi State. And he, you know, maybe he gets what he was asking for in NIL. I, I assume his price is going to have to come down some based on what Haydad told us on Friday. Because uh, Yeah, by the way, so I, I obviously missed that on Friday. And, you know, Friday is a day where sometimes normal listeners are on board and sometimes they're not. So, Haydad, let's, let's revisit that conversation because I think you shed some light on that situation at Mississippi State, Rara Thomas, very productive this year for uh, for Mississippi State. So, what do you? Um, what, what, what's the story there? It is just an NIL situation that you know he they 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 went to him with a package. He said okay, you know he said I'm I'm on board, uh, and then came back and said no, I decided I I'm going to need more, and the more was a, a, a significant amount. You know, I was told you know. It was mid six figures, and that's not a, a price Mississippi State was willing to pay. So he has to, uh, the, you know, he, he decides to move on. And like Borky said, I don't know that he can find a package like that. Now the, the school he's, he's looking at, Georgia, Auburn, Tennessee, those are the schools he's visiting the next few weeks. Those are schools that would have the money to, to maybe make an arrangement like that uh, for a player like Ron Ron Thomas. Mississippi State is not. They have to be smarter and more judicious. With how they do things from an NIL perspective. So, that being said, I mean, I, I, the number I was told was he wanted about three to four times more than what State was going to give Tulu Griffin. You can't do that because these guys are friends, right? They're going to talk. I mean, if the three of us, I don't know what either one of you make, but if one of you was making four times more than what I made, that would make me upset to find out because we all do the same job. And that's going to get back to somebody. So, you know, State just basically made it like, this is our final offer, and take it or leave it, and he left it. Mm. Well, we'll see how uh, see how that plays out for both Ra-Ra Thomas and for Mississippi State. We've talked about wide receivers being productive uh, for Mississippi State. Bulldogs lose Malik Heath a year ago, and he was certainly a good player and was important for Ole Miss, and so that worked out well for Ole Miss. And Mississippi State didn't have a, a huge drop-off in, in receiving. They were able to replace that, and we'll see if they're able to uh, able to do it again. Um, I, I think we should peek back. We didn't have a ton of drama this weekend on championship. Now, there were some. You had two teams, um, two, one team that was well, started off with playoff. drama. Say what? I mean, with USC and TCU, you had drama in the first couple of games. Yes, yes. But I'm saying is the weekend advance. So, um, yeah. What? Buffalo wins the MAC. UTSA wins Conference USA. And Seth Luttrell, the head coach at North Texas, steps down immediately after. <clears throat> On Friday night, Utah just beats the brakes off of Southern Cal in the Pac 12 championship game. 47 24 was the final. And that knocked Southern Cal out of the playoff, right? So Southern Cal loses that game, and they're out. You get to the MAC championship game, Toledo beats Ohio, has obviously no effect. Now, Big 12 championship, Kansas State in overtime over TCU, 31-28. You get to that end of that game, you're in overtime, and TCU elects to not take points with a field goal. They go for it on... Third down and fourth down from what? Inside the one, inside the two-yard line. They're turned away twice. You can question play calling if you want, but ultimately Kansas State wins the ball game. But TCU still gets in the playoff. 
We'll talk about the rest of the championship games and what this playoff setup looks like when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. never has to work another day in her life because of this song, and she can make millions a year. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to do a thing. Just Christmas comes, and we, we talked about it last year. What is it, 30 million roughly a year she makes because of that song? Something like that. It's a good gig if you can get it. A lot of people call that mailbox money. I mean, yeah. that, that is the extreme of mailbox money, but uh, yeah, it's uh, doesn't it's, Jim Rome talk about that all the time? He gets like commission checks from his. Doesn't he in Space Jam? So I think so, so he gets like two dollar and fifty cent commissions every now and then. Uh, apparently, uh, all I want for Christmas is you generate somewhere between two and four million dollars in royalties every year. Oh, then maybe it's her Christmas album or something that makes her that much money. We, we talked about this last year. So there was some study done about between like Spotify and, and Apple and YouTube and everything. Her d- every December she makes tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good thing. It's a good gig. Good for her. It's a good song. Apparently making an average of about $2.5 million a year. And uh, since she released the song in 1996, has made over $60 million from <laughs> All I Want for Christmas is You. Wow. Yeah. And, for her. and got away from Nick Cannon. Like, everything's just going up for her. <laughs> good, for uh, good for her. So we're looking at the... The, the results from the championship games over the weekend. So you had big drama in the Big 12, but it ultimately didn't change anything for TCU. Congratulations to Troy. They beat Coastal Carolina 45-26 in the Sunbelt Championship game, and John Sumrall's team, in his first year there as the head coach, goes 11-2, and and they've got a crazy good bowl matchup also. Borky, we were talking about this morning in the Cure Bowl. Yeah, next Friday at 2.30 Central or 2 o'clock Central, which stinks because Troy and UTSA going at it, object like two really good teams, really fun football teams. Oregon just hired UTSA's offensive coordinator to be theirs, by the way. Uh, so, so obviously some pedigree there. But yeah, that one's going to be fun. If Troy somehow replicates this season next year, and for whatever reason... Mike Leach leaves Mississippi State. The retirement rumors are finally true after 2023. Or Lane Kiffin leaves or whatever. John Summerall's got to be or on your whatever. list. Got to be. That, that has got to be a guy. Yeah. If, if he's able to do this again, with his pedigree and the he'll way be, people look at him, that would be a steal. 
he'll be a hot coach next year. There's no question, assuming he can duplicate this year's success. Yeah. Um, Troy went 11 and 2. Their two losses were to Ole Miss in week one. And that was a close game, wasn't it? 28 10. 28 10. Yeah, 28 10. And then they lost in week three at Appalachian State 32 28. On a Hail Mary, remember. They had the game won. Yeah. Which John Sumrall has said that they learned more from that loss than anything else that happened to them throughout the course of the season. And then they uh, they haven't lost since, and uh, and have actually gotten the offense going a little bit as well over the uh, final three weeks of the the regular season. So uh, so good for them. Uh, Troy goes eleven and two this year. A lot of excitement there. SEC championship game, uh, not really much of a game now, unless you did put some yards up through the air. But Georgia absolutely dominant, uh, fifty to thirty. If you had the over, you were comfortable for a really really long time. The total in that game was fifty one and a half. Going in, and you had 80 points on the board. Fresno beats Boise on the blue turf in the Mountain West Championship game, 28-16. The American Athletic Conference Championship game was uh, not really drama-filled. As uh, Tulane wins 45-28, they go 11-2. and How about Tulane? 11-2 and with a loss to UCF back on November the 12th. And prior to that, they lost to Southern Miss. Southern Miss, one of their two losses. Lost that game 27-24 on the 24th of September. Good Tulane team this year. And uh, Willie Fritz, likable guy. Yeah, and you know, if Caleb Williams is hurt, like chooses not to play in the bowl game to nurse or to avoid really damaging that hamstring injury, mm-hmm. you're, you're telling me Tulane couldn't give them a run? I mean, they... You know, people use this as well, an excuse, you, but but it's reality. Uh, you know, Tulane's going to care more. They're going to care more. It's going to feel like the Super Bowl to them. USC was a win away from making the playoff. Now they got to play Tulane, and their quarterback might not be available. And they are stinky defensively. Could make it fun. Could be. The other two games are blowouts. These were the Saturday night games: Clemson thirty-nine to ten over North Carolina. They bench DJ Ui Angalale. Cade Klubnik comes into the game, leads Clemson to the win, and today Ui Angalale announces that he is in the transfer portal. And uh, Michigan, no trouble with Purdue, 43-22 in the Big Ten championship game. Second half of that game, Michigan outscored Purdue 29-9. And that uh, turned, because it was a close game at half, right? It was a one-point game at halftime, 14-13. But Michigan has proven to be a second-half team, and they were again on uh, on Saturday night in Indianapolis. This is cherry-picking, no doubt, because not every year works this way. But five Power Five conference championship games, one of them had consequences. One. One game mattered. Georgia could have lost, still would have made it. Michigan yep. could have lost, still would have made it. TCU lost, made it. The ACC championship did not have playoff stakes on it. If the 12 team were today, every single one of those games would have mattered because of first week buys and auto bids. So, I mean, Saturday, quite frankly, was a bad day of championship football because on Saturday, not one of them mattered, as it turns out. Only Friday mattered. I just, um, 
just as an aside, I just want to throw something out there. It has nothing to do with what we're we're talking about. You guys know who Trey Turner is? I just, Shortstop just, for just the now for the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, I, 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 you can't play that. Don't Bart ask me a question. Going, eh? no, well, yeah, I, I know a guy. A I was in a fraternity with a guy named Trey Turner also. They're not the same guy. Yeah. They spell it T-R-E-A. No, I think it was E-Y. Trey, uh, of course, hey, Dad, knew because he was the shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know how crazy this offseason is in baseball? Trey Turner just got an 11-year, $300 million contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. Not exactly. A, a really good player. Really good player. He's 29 years old and just got an 11-year, $300 million deal. And in terms of like just super household names, meh. Hmm. I mean, Can't wait to see what the Giants give Judge. Again. Can't wait to see what the Giants give Judge. Yeah. Apparently they are in it, and the Yankees are in it, and then they there may be some it. mystery team floating around. As That's uh, the Dodgers. It's always the Dodgers. Oh, You think? I hope not. Hey, I, we don't have to do all of this at once, but I think this is a fun time to peek back to SEC media days. And look at what the projections were for order of finish and first team all SEC, second team all SEC. We got the AP first and uh, first team SEC offense and defense, and just see how badly the media missed. So in the East, Georgia was picked first, and they won the East. Kentucky was picked second with four first place votes. Tennessee was picked third with one first place vote. Then it was Florida, South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. Well, they got number one right, the media did, we did, and we got number seven right in the East. But everybody else in between, not exactly the right order there. And then in the West, whoo, what a mess. Alabama picked number one with 177 of 181 first-place votes. Texas A&M finished second. Picked second. They finished dead last. Arkansas picked third. They finished six and six. Ole Miss finished fourth, which is where they finished. LSU picked fifth. They want what? What are they? Why are you chagrining? Is Did that not right? Do something oh, that's right. right. Stay. Yeah, steer, no, you're correct. State was third. Yeah. It was LSU one, Alabama two, State three, Ole Miss four, which is where they were picked. Mississippi State was picked sixth. They finished third, Auburn was picked seventh, and they finished sixth. Nobody more perennially underrated than Mississippi State at SEC Media Days. It's every year. Every single year. The SEC champion, 158 first-place votes for Alabama. Georgia got 18. Georgia is your SEC champion. Oh, by the way. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi.
the bowl schedule. I, I mentioned to Borky during the break. I was kind of going through and looking at them. Obviously, bowl games feel different than they used to feel um, in the college football playoff era because, you know, more than ever, they are exhibition games. But they're also still a big deal. And I was kind of thinking, I, I wonder as we look at these bowl games, and there are a bunch of them, which ones will be well attended? Because, you know, a bunch of them are not going to be. Um, Miami of Ohio and UAB in Nassau in the Bahamas on Friday, December 16th at 10.30 a.m. That's a trip for the players only. And and I hope they enjoy every second of it. There's no higher, you know, player enjoyment versus fan enjoyment correlation going askew there than that one. Yeah, uh, apparently fans are like I'm not going. Players are like I can't wait. Yeah. Apparently Oxford, Ohio is a really cool college town. Mhm. Uh I mean they they have a massive bar there that was just nuts for the World Cup at 8 o'clock in the morning, for example, like a, a big party town, good fun town. It's cold there. Very 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 cold there. Spending a week plus a few days in the Bahamas as opposed to Ohio has got to be pretty sick, I think. Yeah. Generally a tough trip for fans. I was talking to the UAB radio guy yesterday. He's like, uh, yeah, we play Friday morning at 1030. I'm flying in on Thursday because I've got basketball before that, and I hope to be sleeping in my bed on Friday night. Like, ooh, quick trip. I was like, you know, you could maybe get an extra day or two out of it. Atlantis is not all bad, but um, yeah, great matchup. You mentioned it earlier, 2 o'clock kickoff for UTSA and Troy in the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl that's in Orlando at the Orlando FC Soccer Stadium, Exploria Stadium. Top 25 matchup. Probably not going to be anybody there, but a fun game. And then that first full weekend. I mean, some of their fans might show. You get a little Disney trip there. Maybe so. It'd be great. And that's a smaller stadium, so that's good. It, it will it will look better than yeah. if you were playing that game at Camping World Stadium, for example. You know, right. seats 70,000, 68,000, and you get 20 there. And it's all pink, too. Oh, the whole they, they pink that place out, you know, name, cure. So I like it. Or uh, whatever that's worth. What about the Fenway Bowl on Saturday, December 17th? Boy, does this have a wrinkle to it. Cincinnati and Louisville at 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, Scott Satterfield was the head coach at Louisville. Pending a background check and board approval, he is the head coach at Cincinnati. Does Scott Satterfield actually go to this game? Will he be inside Fenway Park for this game? He apparently has informed both teams that he will not be involved in coaching the game in any capacity. Uh, like, won't even give some inside tips to his new team that they've got to kind of figure it out on their own. I don't know how much of that I believe, but that's what he said. I'm about to say, how do you really believe that? Yeah. Uh, the history of this game is kind of funny. So, Fenway Park, obviously, and you might be wondering, is this new? Well, it's not supposed to be. They had a game scheduled in 2020. COVID canceled that one. They had a game scheduled last year. I, I don't remember the details, but apparently COVID canceled that one as well. You had a team that couldn't play in it. And now you've got one coach leaving one team for the other. 
So the Fenway Bowl is off to a hot start. And Louisville and Cincinnati will be sharing a sideline because of stadium configuration. Oh, man. <laughs> it was supposed to be Virginia and SMU in the 2021 Fenway Bowl. But it had to be canceled. Um, I don't. I don't remember who got sick. Somebody got sick and they couldn't do it. All, all I'm saying is we never have any of these kind of problems with the Pinstripe Bowl, do we, Richard? Nope, nope. They've been able to play that one. They get it done at Yankee Stadium. What about Vegas on Saturday afternoon? Florida and Oregon State. I would think that there would be more Oregon State fans there than Florida fans. So I was talking to a friend earlier, and he told me, all he said was somebody reported, which I love that because I love attributing a report to literally nobody. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he said somebody reported that Ole Miss was approached about playing in that game, and they said no, essentially, because they would have to be away from town on the last recruiting weekend of the year before the dead period. It was not an attractive bowl game for that reason. Um, So the process for SEC teams is all the SEC teams that are bowl eligible kind of rank their order of preference for bowl games and give them to the league office. And the bowl games themselves rank their order of preference. It's kind of like Rush. And then the SEC office, through conversations with the bowl and with the schools, then tries to come up with uh, a suitable destination for everyone. And when you are Florida and you are at the bottom of the pecking order, though not traditionally, but this year you're kind of stuck with whatever is available. Um, I, I guess maybe Missouri was more stuck when it was all said and done, uh, when they end up in a bowl game that does not have an SEC tie, but they did earn a trip to a bowl game. Uh, so Florida in the uh, Las Vegas Bowl, first time as an SEC team. No Anthony Richardson. In, uh, Anthony in Richardson has declared for the NFL draft. <laughs> Good luck. He is he is physically very gifted. <laughs> yeah. He declared it. So we'll see how it goes for him. At no point looked like saw, a guy that's ready to step in and win NFL games. <laughs> I saw a PFF graphic that I will love us going number three overall, so maybe Richardson should be number one. I'm just going to draft on the, these tools that people have. If you had to take one of those two with your first-round pick in the draft, if you were required to take one of those two quarterbacks with a first-round draft pick, which one would you take? Richardson. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I get the mobility. They both have the big arm. They're both big guys. But I get better running out of Richardson. Yeah. That's an extra tool. I, I buy. I get an offensive tackle in the draft, and I buy myself Jimmy G. That, that's what I do. I I feel like you kind of avoided the question. <laughs> yes, I did. I mean, because one of them doesn't look polished at all. The other is a turnover machine. I mean, if you if you cannot protect the football in college, how are you expected to protect the football in the NFL when the windows are much smaller and they close much faster? I, I don't get it. I mean, receivers that that but, are but blanket, Josh Allen. but Josh Allen, of course. Receivers that are blanket-covered in college are open in the NFL. It's a totally different game at the quarterback position. And yet, number three, if the Saints get a pick, a first-round pick, when Sean Payton takes the Chargers job, which might be some things working there, 
We need that first-round pick. If we spend it on either one of those guys, I, I might rescind my fanhood and, and just go for the breakers in April. Uh, it just, just doesn't make sense at, at all. Eek. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, L.A. Bowl, Washington State, and Fresno State. Okay, whatever. Uh, Rice and Southern Miss in Mobile, 445 kickoff on Saturday, December 17th. So that is a week from this Saturday. It's an easy trip for Southern Miss fans. Yeah. Congratulations, Will Hall's team in a bowl game, and frankly, in a winnable bowl game. They're facing a Rice team that was, of all of the bowl teams, the only one that gets in with a losing record. They were 5-7. and seven. And Rice was the top-ranked APR team. And so they do get into a bowl game in Mobile. They will face Southern Miss. Opportunity for seven wins this year for Will Hall and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Great great news for our Super Talk News media team when they have to write an article about this one. The headline will be super easy. Southern Miss cooks rice. Done. Beautiful. If they don't do that... I'm telling you now... no, no, Cook's Rice. I, I may go in there and edit the article to change the headline to what I want it to be, just so I can read it. The uh, the New Mexico Bowl, this could actually be fun. Not a lot of defense for either of these teams, SMU and BYU, and that's on a Saturday night on ABC. That'll do a pretty decent number. There'll be a lot of people that watch that game on December 17th. And then you've got uh, North Texas, who had a coach resign slash fired in Seth Luttrell, and uh, he is, uh, that team, North Texas, is taking on Boise State on Saturday night in the Frisco Bowl, Toyota Stadium, Frisco, Texas. Then we get into, um, I think it's my favorite week of the year. It doesn't really matter what the games are. I think I've told you this before. So when we were in college, a bunch of buddies and I that lived here, uh, we had what we called Meat Week. So it was the week leading up to to uh, to Christmas when there was a bowl game on every night and there was a menu that was put together where there was a different meat item that was served every night. We, we finished the week out with say so there was a you know there was a chili night and there was a like a pork tenderloin night and you know whatever else and then we finished it up with steaks on the last night and then we had because we didn't really care about the games that night at the end of it the meat bowl which was like a big flag football game that was a lot of fun. Great week where you got a bowl game on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, and then you roll into the weekend. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Come on. Are we going to do this? Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. But baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening is been hoping that you drop in. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV Monday afternoon, walking through some of the bowl game matchups, actually, all of the bowl game matchups. And uh, we'll get to the college football playoff and uh, obviously the. Uh, Mississippi State postseason matchup, the Ole Miss postseason matchup. We'll get to uh, those as well. Um, keep looking at these games and like, okay, are, is anybody going to show up for any of them? I feel like 
Doesn't it feel like there's going to be a pretty decent Southern Miss crowd that makes the trip to Mobile? That, that's a that's a pretty easy trip. Chance to see your team in a bowl game for the first time in a while. So we'll see. Southern Miss and Rice. Marshall and UConn in Myrtle Beach in the afternoon on a Monday, December the 19th. <laughs> so there's part of me that's like, okay, um, UConn fans should be excited. Think about where UConn has been as a program. But then I remember that UConn played in the Fiesta Bowl one year yeah. under Randy Edsel, and they took like a, what was it, like a $3 million loss or something on unsold yeah. tickets? Yeah. I mean, yep. I don't know. Marshall will have significantly more fans at that game than UConn will. Feels like. Still weird. You know, this is a made for television product. It is. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. Monday, December 19th is a work day for a whole lot of people. For most, yes. And if you're taking days off around Christmas, it's going to be for Christmas, not to go to Conway, which is like Myrtle Beach without the beach. Yeah. They call it the Myrtle Beach Bowl, even though it's played at Brooks Stadium on the campus of Coastal Carolina. Which is like 10 miles inland. Which isn't that far, but still, it's not like you're on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The December 20th games, Eastern Michigan and San Jose State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Those uh, those guys in San Jose will be right at home in uh, Boise, Idaho on December 20th. Yeah. Very used to those conditions. Liberty and Toledo in the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Whole new meaning to Holy Toledo. (laughs) Nailed it. Western Uh, Kentucky, South Alabama in the New Orleans Bowl. That's on December 21st. I don't know how Liberty's going to coach in that game because uh, apparently during Hugh Freeze's press conference when he said that uh, you wouldn't believe the number of great coaches that have been blowing up his phone to join his staff, they were all just his staffers Mm. texting him constantly, apparently. Or Ole Misses, apparently. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the, the dude just Google searched current and former Ole Miss assistant coaches and decided to build his staff that way. But, uh, yeah, that phone ringing off the hook. Baylor and Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth. Actually could be fun. Yeah, contrasting styles. I mean, how about the two participants in the Sugar Bowl from a year ago, one playing in the Armed Forces Bowl and the other one playing in the Texas Bowl? A little bit different than uh, New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Friday, December 23rd, Louisiana and Houston. The Raging Cajuns and the Houston Cougs at the uh, Independence Bowl. And Very shreveport matchup. Yes, it is. It is. Wake Forest and Missouri in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium in the Gasparilla Bowl. Rest in peace to the bad boy mowers, Gasparilla Mole. Yeah, yeah that was when it was at its peak. It's now yeah. the bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl. Because nothing screams industrial lawn equipment like New York City. It's a good point. Like New York City. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's Somebody's got to mow Central make. Park. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the rich people in New York have like a rooftop, like turf. You know, five foot by five foot little 
you know, fake grass on top of their loft. So, you know, it would that's be what Richard's hard. penthouse on Fifth Avenue has. Yeah, yeah it, w- it would be difficult to get a 27-horse, 60-inch bad boy mower onto the rooftop in New York City. That, that, would, be, that would be difficult. <sighs> I thought that was Ooh. funny. Yeah. Christmas Eve. Nearly got the and... spray take on that one. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. Middle Tennessee, San Diego State, and Hawaii on Christmas Eve. Day after Christmas. Sure, I'll watch. New Mexico State and Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl. Monday, December 26th. Uh, on Tuesday, four games. Georgia Southern Buffalo, Memphis and Utah State in uh, in Dallas. Coastal Carolina and East Carolina in the <clears throat> Birmingham Bowl. Chadwell off to Liberty. And people are asking, why would he do that? Because he got like a 400% raise. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, pretty it's, easy. It's, it's quite simple, actually. Yeah. Could this one be good? Wisconsin and Oklahoma State at Chase Field in Phoenix in the guaranteed rate bowl? Oklahoma State lost their starting quarterback to the portal today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did Wisconsin, but that was announced over the weekend. My favorite matchup of the ones that have been listed so far. UCF and Duke in the Military Bowl. We'll get back to these after winners and losers. That's how we'll start the 4 o'clock hour. And boys, have I got a loser for you. We'll be right back. Come on, Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Looking for a Christmas gift? How about a gift card to Dancing Rabbit? You can give them a call or book a tee time online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Dancingrabbitgolf.com or pearlriverresort.com for more information. Seaspire can be part of your holiday plans when you're looking for the perfect gift to give for that hard to please someone in your life. Check out online seaspire.com all of their holiday options or stop by a Seaspire store and visit with one of uh, their associates today. Again, that's seaspire.com. You can join us on the Seaspire text line at 601-879-4395. It is time for winners and losers. All I do is win. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. You know, we aim to be positive and we almost always start with winners, but guys, I've got such a good loser that I think that's where we should begin today. Is that okay? Do you, do you have, an, have an issue with that? Go ahead. Hey, hey, Dad, I will give you the opportunity to laugh at me. Yes. Now, now you're on board? Um, SEC championship game on Saturday. 
Got in the stadium about an hour before the game. It was 35-10 at the break. Georgia in front. I didn't feel great. I didn't feel terrible, but like I, I like something happened allergy wise, and I think I sneezed about three hundred times and blew my nose like seventy five times during the first half of that game. So I just wasn't feeling great, and I had the South Alabama UAB game on TV on Sunday, and I had a little bit of work I needed to do, so I left at halftime. And was going to walk back to the hotel. Buddy of mine and I were there. Were four of us? We go every year. Two guys stayed at the game. One of them said, "Hey, I'll go back to the hotel. I don't care either." It's like, all right. So we start walking, and I was like, "Hey, what if we just jump on one of those bird scooters and go the rest of the way to the hotel?" He's like, "Well, I don't have the app." I was like, "I got the app." So we go through the thing, and I get the get the scooters activated. And man, this is great. We're making good time in and out of traffic, kind of going side streets, avoiding it. And I've been on the scooters before. I'm completely comfortable on them. No worries. You've heard horror stories about people on scooters, have you not? Seen it. Seen it. There have been some really serious injuries on these scooters. Mm -hmm. Well, if you know anything about downtown Atlanta, they've got the, uh, the MARTA tracks that run in different parts, and that can make for a little bit of a bumpy transition from time to time. As as long as you are approaching these tracks somewhere between a 45-degree and 90-degree angle, you know, perpendicular, it may be a little bumpy going across them, but you're going to be fine. If you're at a much more shallow angle than 45 degrees, though, you're running a risk, right? So you think about the way those tracks run through the city streets. There's like a, there's like a concrete trough that's what, maybe six inches wide? And you've got like a, a two-inch metal track that runs through the middle of it. And so when you are on one of these scooters operating slightly downhill at maximum speed, which I think was registering at 14 miles an hour, and you don't take the proper angle to go across one of these tracks, you run the risk of the front tire of the scooter wedging itself between the edge of the concrete and the metal track. And when going 14 miles an hour, that does not, produce a beautiful result. Now, you do have to remember, hey, Dad, that I am a picture of athleticism, even at the spry young age of 42. And uh, with with no disrespect to anybody that I played high school football with, uh, I, I was not the fleetest of foot, and, and so I had to do two things. One, I had to learn how to take a fall, and uh, two, I had to learn how to get rid of the football quickly all those years ago at, at Oxford High School. And learning how to take a fall has apparently been ingrained into my psyche for many, many years post-football. Uh, I was able to, when the, the front <laughs> wheel of the scooter got wedged between the track and the concrete, I kind of felt it happening, and so I bailed. And I thought momentarily that I was going to land the fall. But you got to realize the momentum that goes along with going from moving at 14 miles an hour to a dead standstill. And so I come off this scooter, and I mean it's 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 zero to full sprint. And you got to realize my full sprint is not that fast, but full sprint. And I made it about five steps, and I thought I'm going to land to this thing. I'm going to somehow manage to stay on my feet right up until the point that I didn't. 
and I went into a roll on the concrete that ended up crashing into a curb. <laughs> Brother, I've got about a six-inch gash <laughs> on the back of my shoulder. Got a big old bruise on my knee, not to mention my pride being bruised up a little bit. I popped oh, up goodness. pretty quickly. It could have been bad. Mm. Like, yeah. my shoulder hitting the curb is only about 12 inches from the top of my head hitting the curb. That might not have been pretty. <laughs> Crash and burn. I I'm glad say, you're okay. scooters are tough. I popped back up, grabbed the scooter. It started rolling right there again. Hey, hey, hey. Somehow didn't rip any clothes. <laughs> Maybe some stains, a little grease spot here and there, but... Uh, Oh, man, what a loser for crashing a bird scooter in the middle of Atlanta on Saturday night. Yikes. <laughs> that was rough. That's a good story, though. Thank you. I'm loser, glad you're okay. Me. I'll wear the L on the forehead. I'll just give quick, since I'm talking and won't shut up, I'll give you quickly a winner. Christopher Smith is a winner. The first score of the game in the SEC championship game, blocked field goal, and Christopher Smith, man, did he play that so slyly where he kind of ran to the ball, peeked around, gave a peek to the referee to make sure he wasn't going to blow it dead, and then picks it up and takes it 96 yards to the house? What a heads-up alert play by Christopher Smith, Georgia in the route. All right, I'm done. What do you guys got? Give me winners, give me losers, whatever you want to do. Well, just to play off of that, though, loser has got to be LSU special teams. you got to know that ball's live. That's You just have to know that. There's no reason not to go down there and try to make an attempt to cover up that ball or to you know, let him get a free. I mean, he had a free pass. Nobody touched him on his way to the end zone. LSU special teams have been bad all year. I don't know who their coach is, but he'll probably be uh, shown the door. Um, a winner, Mississippi State men's basketball. Yeah. Holy crap, they're ranked. Top they're ranked. 25. It's December the 5th of 2022 of year one of Chris Jansen. They are ranked. Their net came out today, the first net rankings. It's fifth. They're fifth. They're, they're only four non-conference games left. Three of them are against, you know, low teams. But one is against Drake, which will be a Q2, maybe a Q1 opportunity for them, depending. It's on a neutral site. People love his new album. And then you're into conference play. <laughs> uh, but then you're into conference play, where your, your net's probably going to stay pretty steady the whole year round. If they finish, Around 500 in the conference, they're going to go to the tournament in year one. And I never in my wildest dreams would have imagined that. They got a lot of work to do for, for sure. They play the ugliest brand of basketball that you can imagine. Picture a street fight with, with basketballs, and that's what you're getting. But they're winning. Do, do you see any similarities between Mississippi State style of basketball right now and Rod Barnes basketball when he was at Ole Miss? Couldn't score, didn't score, but locked you down defensively yeah. and won ugly as heck. And then finally got some scores in and became a, a, a great team. You know, had, had yeah. some really good teams there. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just they fight, man. They fight. I like I like watching them. They're they're definitely fun to play. Jans is a, is a fun guy to interact with as well. Interested to see you know when the crowds start coming in. I like we talked about last week. That game on the twenty eighth is going to be tough because the students won't be back and. It's in the middle of the week right after Christmas, but that game on the 7th with Ole Miss, I expect a big crowd in the Humphrey Coliseum and a big, excited crowd. So, I like it. 
I like it. By the way, question on the ceasefire text line, Richard, any alcohol involved? No, not a drop. Not one drop. Just a smooth on crash. We also got this. You're um, uh, oh, trying to figure out what's worse. Richard crashing and burning or the fact that he has some scooter app on his phone. Good grief. Scooters are fun, man. I would ride one again. Borky, you got a winner? Uh, we'll do that when we get back. Okay. Oh, we might squeeze one more in before the break. You can send us yours as well. Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? We'll get to those coming up. David says you got to pop a wheelie going over those tracks. There are a lot of outcomes that could have prevented what happened to me, but, you know, what are you going to do? We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Baby, it's cold. Baby, it's cold outside. It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. I angered someone. Rod Barnes like team. I knew that would be a comparison. No comparison to Jans and Barnes. Good gracious. Come on, hey dad. Don't let them get by comparing this team to Rod freaking Barnes teams. That's JC and Tupelo. Is it the Rod Barnes team that Rod went to Barnes. the Sweet 16 that you don't want to be compared to? Rod, which one? Rod Barnes took a team to the Sweet 16. All right, that's further Mississippi State's gone since 1996. I, w- I would. I don't want to be Rod Barnes last team. But it's, he had a couple of teams that were pretty good there. Yeah. And, yes, right, they, they played a stifling style of defense. You you waited through the break, Borky, so that you could expound, give me a winner. Yeah, just a, a little bit longer winded. Uh, a, a winner and a loser combined into one. Uh, uh, Deion Sanders is a winner for what he did at Jackson State. 23-2 and two in the last two years at Jackson State, including being undefeated so far this year. He will coach... Uh, in their their championship game to complete a a 13-0 season if they're able to get a win. He brought attention to Jackson that it would never have gotten otherwise. He brought attention to Jackson State that it never would have gotten otherwise. Barstool Sports covered Jackson State football deeply and extensively. What he did for uh, the capital city of our state, and specifically the university, uh, it's hard to measure. People know about Jackson State that never would have uh, without Deion Sanders showing up and winning a bunch of football games, uh, by the way. So uh, he's a winner and two losers as a result. Uh, it is it is a shame that he's leaving. I understand why. I am not going to be the type of person that bemoans that decision like I've seen some do. Uh, he has already reached the pinnacle at Jackson State. I, I saw some people say, oh, he should have stayed and, and brought it to new heights. He's literally at the height. They, they, they don't play in the FCS playoffs. The, the game that they're playing in next weekend is the, the highest that you can go there. Colorado is, by all measure, a better job than the one he has had for the last three years. Not bemoaning him for leaving. 
everybody that I know that is either loosely or, or closely paying attention to Jackson State expected him to leave at some point, and they're just happy that he won. But him leaving stinks. It stinks for the school, it stinks for the city, because the aforementioned uh, notoriety that he brought. Hopefully they can carry the momentum. But the criticism that he's gotten for leaving, I think, is, is misguided and uh, a little silly. He brought attention to Jackson State and HBCUs that nobody else has, at least since I've lived here uh, for the last 12 years. And you know, saying that he should have made a different decision with his life is, is a little misguided to me. He did a lot in three years at Jackson State. It did a lot for HBCUs in those three years as well. Criticizing him, I think, is misguided. Yeah, I would ask the question, why is it that Deion Sanders should be held to a different standard than any other coach who is progressing and working his way up? You remember Deion a few years ago was a high school football coach in the state of Texas. And then he had the opportunity to go to an HBCU, and he took that opportunity and, to Borky's point, lifted them to incredible heights at Jackson State. And now he's taking another step. And it's not like he's just walking into a blue play. He's not walking into Florida State as alma mater. He's going to a place where they were 1-11 last year and has a massive reclamation project on his hands. He has been very quick to say that the NFL, in terms of coaching, is of no interest to him. I don't know if that will ever change or not, but at least now it's not. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Certainly okay to be disappointed. You're a Jackson State fan. Understandably so. But at the same time, what a heck of a ride it's been. Heck of a ride. Unbelievable. Again, 23-2. and And one of those losses is to an FBS team. And the other one was in the the championship game. Those are his two losses in the last two years. Yeah, lost to ULM last season. Lost to South Carolina State in the the Celebration Bowl. And they should have beaten ULM too. But either way. And probably should have beaten South Carolina State as well. Just uh, didn't handle that well at all. Uh, so, yeah, and, and he is going to coach in that game, so uh, very cool. And, you know, pretty significant raise. Pretty significant investment by uh, by Colorado as well. Yeah. Others, winners, losers. Uh, two mm. lanes of winner. That looked fun. Yeah. It's a small stadium, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's good that they don't play in the Superdome anymore because that exact crowd in the Dome would have looked bad. Um, what a fun environment that was. And a fun football team. And, you know, for a championship weekend that lacked r- really much uh, of interest, that was an interesting game. I found myself watching that one more than the SEC championship, honestly. It was just more entertaining, and it was a really cool environment in uh, a small stadium there. Did they fill it up? With they 30, did. Thousand seats. They did. They. I think they broke a stadium record. Fantastic. That game. It proves the point that we're trying. We were always trying to make about the playoff and on campus versus neutral site. I mean, just look. Look how fun that is. Yeah. You know, imagine all these conference championship games being played on campus. You can split the tickets up, but campus environments are just better than dull NFL stadiums that don't have any 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 tradition or ambiance in them. Yeah, imagine if the American Conference Championship game had been played at a neutral site in where? Anywhere. New Orleans. Orlando. I mean, that's not, not a neutral site, uh, but... Not UCF, yeah. because... But yeah. Yeah, Camping World or something. Yeah, I mean, there's 20,000 empty seats, like you said, and it's it's 
It's just silliness, you know, and everything's it's all corporate. You know, put it on campus. Yeah. Everything's better on campus. Um, is it too fresh for me to say USA soccer loser? And you guys may have a, a different opinion. I mean, getting to the knockout stage was a big deal. But they didn't have to lose 3-1. to one. I mean... They tried not to. Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, they did about as good as they can against a team like the Netherlands. Well, I that, understand that's a that, good a team that has now, a chance to win it. Y- yes, but... Huge missed opportunity in the first two minutes of the match. Absolutely. To, to set the tone early, didn't take advantage there. And all three goals, not to say that... Um, I mean, the Netherlands is far more talented, but there were significant defensive lapses yeah, that, that set all three of those goals up. Mm-hmm. Um, Adams got caught sleeping, which is not typical of him. Um, on one of the goals, Dest just let a guy run by him. That that was the one right before the half that really was a backbreaker. Um, and they had been so solid defensively in the first three games up until that, it was... Uh, to see the mental lapses was a, a little bit bizarre, almost, especially like from somebody uh, like Tyler Adams. And they had so many chances and, and just couldn't put them away. But, I mean, youngest team in the tournament, that group is going to be four years older when we're hosting it in 26. And I, I think they proved, despite the loss, that they are able to be competitive with the best. I mean, they. Should have beaten England. Had chances. See, hey, Dad, I'm not going to take that face today. Get get out of here with that garbage. Your Chelsea-filled just, England this... team couldn't score on them. They are absolutely working towards. I just where don't everybody thinks see that them they should as a be. team anytime soon. That's going to get past. Well, you this thought round. that England was going to smoke them a few months is... ago, so you you nailed that one. Well, and I said that England would win the group, and I did nail that one. Yeah, because they tied. I mean, just, well, I mean, that's part of soccer. So I just, you know, I just don't see the talent gap closing enough in the next four years, even, to, to for this team to be a team that can beat the French, the English, when it matters. Brazil, Brazil, the Dutch, all those teams, Argentina. Yeah, and I mean, look, I mean, all the all eyes are on twenty twenty six. It's going to be on American soil. It's going to be a yeah. great buildup. It's going to be an incredible. Uh, event when it happens, but you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, the United States got to figure out how to finish. Are right, they going to get some finishers in terms of scoring? There's a guy. What's his name? Daryl Dyke. You know who I'm talking about, right, Borky? Yeah, he's kind of fallen out of form though. DK. Well, yeah, but he, we're talking about in four years from now. He he's the guy that they think can be that big number nine striker up top that that, that the big teams have that you can just get the ball into. And he makes something happen. They're hopeful that that can be the case. That if, they, like, if he develops, because that's what they don't have. They don't have that guy that you're just like, put the ball in the middle, put the ball in the mixer there, and he'll head it in. He'll get it in somehow. They don't have that guy. Yeah. Ceasefire text line. It's soccer. Nobody cares. Actually, hundreds of millions of people around the world do. I mean, literally, uh, literally. Uh, well, again. Um, more people watching those games on a Tuesday than are watching college football on a Saturday. The, the Tuesday afternoon USA Iran game was watched by more people in this country than every World Series game, every NBA Finals game, 
and yeah. all but one college football game this year. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, you guys crack me up acting like you know something about soccer. Uh, Jeff and Oxford, if the U.S. men's national team are just... losers, then Ole Miss are losers for not beating Alabama. Uh, okay, nobody's listening to your broadcast to hear about soccer. Uh, look, man, it's a it's a bit we do, right? It's it's winners and losers. We're about four years into winners and losers where we talk brief. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Text line probably won't get to all of them. Sorry for that. Uh, winner Starkville High School football winning the state championship as a four seed. Loser, everybody who thought that Alabama deserved to make the playoff. Uh, you know there there was an argument, and, and by the way, shout out letting Nick Saban plead his case uh, on national television without giving Sonny Dykes the same opportunity, but. When people say things like, well, if you had to put your life savings on Alabama or TCU, you would obviously bet on Alabama, so they should make it. What a terrible argument. Because Alabama was, if we're going to let Vegas decide who makes the playoff, then then why was Alabama the favorite when they went to Knoxville? Why were they a big favorite when they went to Baton Rouge? They lost the games. The games have to matter. The tangible has to matter. If we're just going to do, well, you'd bet on Alabama as like a real legitimate reason for why they should get in over somebody else, then we've lost the plot completely. Then what's the point of playing the games? Nick Saban said it should be about who's in the best form right now, like who we're playing the best today. Well, then Nick, South Carolina should make the playoff then. Because nobody's playing better than them right now. They beat Tennessee, which you couldn't do. So why aren't you arguing for South Carolina? Just nonsense. The, the arguments around Alabama making it were subjective and frankly stupid. Yes, very subjective arguments. Very much so. You would expect Nick Saban to argue for his team. Sure. You would expect Alabama fans to try to make an argument for their team. And outside of those, yeah, probably not a whole lot. Probably not a whole lot. And I saw, uh, what was it, Chris Sims do the, well, I mean, everybody in the SEC would win the Big 12. Everybody? Like Missouri? Who got beat by four touchdowns when they played Kansas State? Or Texas A&M who couldn't beat Appalachian State at home? Or LSU and Florida who couldn't beat Florida State? Or Auburn who couldn't beat Penn State? Or Arkansas, who couldn't beat Liberty? I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. Alabama's two plays away from being undefeated and three plays away from being 7-5. and five. That's true. Yeah, I mean, both, both of those things are true, right? I mean, if you're going to give Alabama credit for close losses, you've also got to detract for close wins. And when it all shook out, I mean, Alabama... 10-2 is probably the right record for them this year. 
Here's one, not really a winner or a loser. Super glad for any bowl, but it would be nice if Ole Miss didn't play Texas Tech so often in bowl games, it seems. We'll get to that conversation coming up in a bit. David in Oxford says, winner, my girl's got a family picture with Santa, with my six-year-old, three-year-old, and twin six-month-olds, and nobody cried. Yeah, that that's a win. That's a win, David. No question. Loser, Alabama for whining on the playoffs. Winner, Joe Burrow, keeps finding a way to win. Yes, he, he just is kind of a winner, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, trying to see if there are any others right there at the top of the list that we needed to grab. Winner, MHSAA, uh, Ben Ingram, involved with the radio call. He's really good. It's good at everything. When, when Ben Ingram talks into a microphone, it's good. Uh, Sonny Dykes is a loser for not kicking a field goal. Can you imagine them dropping out of the top four after that? That's from Mike in Oxford. Third down play was a touchdown, though. Yeah, I, and I don't. He got the I'm ball across. Fault a guy for believing in his team. Got the now, ball across. Yeah, looked like it. So he says, to be fair, TCU is seven plays from being five and seven. But that's the that's why close losses aren't. It, it shouldn't be a selling point. Trying to see how close I can get Mississippi State to undefeated in seven plays. It's going to take more than that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can get a. I think I can get a win if Austin Williams doesn't fumble the punt at LSU. I'm gonna. I can maybe squeeze a win out there. Maybe. Maybe. Kentucky, I could probably get a win there. But Alabama and Georgia is going to be really tough. Yeah. Uh, winner Fred McGriff for making the Hall of Fame. Yeah, cool for the crime dog. Very cool for the crime dog. And then Jeff chimes in with uh, something we talked about a little while ago. Absolutely. Mississippi State basketball. Undefeated. Number 23 in the AP poll. Number 5 in the first net rankings. That'll fluctuate a little bit, but look, when you start that high, there's a really good chance you stay in a reasonable position in the net. And and what we're we're a couple of years or a year removed from talking about Mississippi State in the like the 150s in the net and how much work they had to do to get back into just even striking distance of the bubble. Bobby and Batesville says Ole Miss is seven flags away from being 10-2. and two. <laughs> uh, Brock Purdy is a winner. Last pick in the draft looking like a number one pick in the draft. First Mr. Irrelevant to throw for a touchdown. And he was, he was all, he had his finger guns going too, didn't he? He's fired up. Yeah. And should be. Oh, here we go. Can you explain the net? Uh, maybe not yet. <laughs> it's like RPI but basketball altered. That, that's it, just it's what it is. It's the RPI but in basketball. It's yeah. a slightly different formula. It is a computer formula that is used to determine the relative strength of basketball teams in college basketball based on who they play and where they play them. And... 
uh, margin of victory margin also. Of vi- kind of yeah, 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 margin of victory matters. I, I just was trying to yeah. like dumb it down as much as possible. Who, who I mean, you play, it, who they play, where you played them. Yeah, this is it. All matters. All that matters, but it's a computer formula that supposedly, objectively, ranks teams. Also, we've got um, backup quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer for LSU as a winner. They're for almost 300 yards. Played well. Looks he did. Good, yeah. He did. He did. We were going through the bowl schedule earlier, and we made it to Wednesday, December the 28th. So now we're getting into matchups involving SEC teams and some kind of cool... Guys, I think one of the best matchups, I just mentioned it in passing earlier, that you've got in the bowl season is UCF and Duke. I know that's not going to get a whole lot of people excited for a 1 o'clock game on a Wednesday afternoon at Navy Marine Corps Stadium in Annapolis. Y'all that Mike Elko did in year number one in Durham, that UCF team, by the way, Mikey Keene entered the transfer portal. So I guess it'll be John Rice Plumley, or they went with a third-string quarterback in some of that game against Tulane yeah. as well. This happens every year, um, but it happened to Plumley here. So, so forgive me, Jackson moms. Uh, this is going to insult you. Uh, he announced on Twitter that that he was returning to UCF for 2023, and I thought, <laughs> where are you going? The, the NFL? Uh, You're returning to the only place that that you could return to. There was no declaration to be made. But it's good for UCF. I suppose if he finished his schoolwork and has graduated, he could transfer again if he was so inclined. He's an NIL deal with Pat O'Brien. Kansas and Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. That's going to be a f- ugly football game. <laughs> Think. Not a lot of off, and same with when we get to state, but not a lot of offensive efficiency. KJ Jefferson coming back for another year, though. That's big news for the it Hawks. Is. Yeah, that is that is big news. Malik Hornsby is leaving Arkansas, the backup quarterback. Um, a big crowd for that one, right? I mean, just because of the proximity of Little Rock to Memphis, yeah, Kansas fans are going to be excited going to a bowl game. Should they be. should be. Kansas is a they should show up in droves cuz you God only knows you might never go back. Oregon and North Carolina in one of my favorite bowl games, the Holiday Bowl. North Carolina is in a tailspin. Is Drake May sticking around? Oh, come on. He's getting paid. North Carolina is not letting Drake May get away. There, hey, Dad will tell you. We talked about this a little bit on he's Friday. Not, there are people. He's that not think a point that, guard. Did you see? Uh, <laughs> you see his coach, by the way, say that at least fifteen schools have have tampered with him already. Name them. You, you got. You got. You got that yep. kind of information. You must have some proof. Put it out there. Let's go. Yeah. Don't, don't peel my head and tell me it's raining, Mac. If you got the proof, put it out there. Also on December 28th, the Tax Act Texas Bowl. The Texas Tech Red Raiders and the Ole Miss Rebels again in Houston. We'll okay. be back right after this. 
Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. About. I, I think Borky stole from my uh, my egg bowl playlist here. I did. Yeah, I, I sent Rhino some uh, some themed music for that show. This was one of them. The song is called "You Make Me Sick," Richard. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Texas Tech and <laughs> Ole Miss. I'm sorry, Texas Tech and Ole Miss in Houston, old rivals. What was the number, Borky? Sixth time since 1998 that these two teams have played each other? Which is more than they've played Tennessee and Georgia and South Carolina, I think. Maybe Florida? Probably Florida. I mean, it's it, it, glad the league schedule is getting blown up because that's a joke. But yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, as have you, and, and people are, are upset with the selection. And I, and I understand because you just played this team in this stadium. What? Feels like last season, but it was really what four years ago now. Yeah, it was four years ago. But it's a very familiar opponent, and it's not a Florida Bowl, and it's on Wednesday night on a night where a lot of people are working, and it's very late. And I get it, but you, you know, I would say blame yourselves, but the fans had nothing to do with it. Um, th- th- there are people that are responsible for you not getting a great bowl game, and. Uh, it's it's them, not the selection people. Yeah, so I got some buddies in a group text message. And one of them sent last night, I see we were playing Texas Tech, yawn. And I just responded, I don't know. 2010, 2011, 16, 17, 18, and 19 were more of a yawn for me. So I understand that Ole Miss played in the Sugar Bowl last year and played in the Outback Bowl the season before that, even in a COVID year. And it's been a couple of trips to the Sugar Bowl in the last, what, six, seven seasons? But Ole Miss has spent more time than I think any Ole Miss fan would care to think not a part of bowl season in the last decade. I'm not sure I'm looking down at the Texas Bowl, which, by the way, does a great job putting that game on. You don't have to love it. You don't have to go. And I don't honestly think a lot of people are going. I, I did raise a point to somebody I was talking to earlier today. He's like, yeah, we're not going to go. And I said, you know, I, I get it. It's been an expensive year for Ole Miss fans. Right? If you went to the Sugar Bowl that was on January 1st of 2022, and then you made... A postseason baseball run, whether that was Miami and Hattiesburg and Omaha, or just to Hattiesburg, or just to Miami, or maybe you went to Omaha for an extended period of time, or you went a couple of times, your travel budget for sporting events is probably pretty limited at the end of 2022. So I understand a lot of people not going, you know what, let's go to Houston, I get it. But at the same time, I don't think you got to talk bad about it either. Still an eight-win season with a chance to get to nine. I think if it was in Texas Tech, people would be a little bit more excited. I just, I just, I get, I get the the, the opponent fatigue that, that you have. I mean, the conferences have got to sort of pay attention to that, in my opinion. They could have easily sent Oklahoma. They could have easily sent uh, Kansas. 
you know, somebody else that would have just been a fresher matchup for, for them or could have sent Ole Miss to the Music City Bowl to play a Big Ten team. When's the last time? Ole, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. So correct me. You know, if, it's, if it's been recent, I apologize. But when's the last time Ole Miss played a Big Ten team? Indiana two years ago in the in the COVID that's, year. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But still. But it's rare. You know, it's no, same with states. I, I, I think generally Big, Big 12 anymore. matchups are not fun in bowl games. I, and I know there are a lot of ties there, and, and maybe you think I'm crazy for saying that. I mean, everybody wants to play Texas in a bowl game. Everybody likes the idea of playing Oklahoma in a bowl game. So the two best pieces of the Big 12 that everybody gets excited about playing, they're coming to the SEC. And, and yeah. so are you fired up about playing Iowa State or Texas Tech or Baylor or whomever? I, I don't know. I get it, though. I mean, I, I do understand. And obviously the way the season ended... Yeah, a lot of air went out of the balloon. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. Which, so, important is too strong of a word. A non-access bowl, a non-playoff game is not really important. It's a glorified scrimmage. I assume there's going to be an opt-out or two from Ole Miss for guys that are NFL-bound. You don't opt out of games that matter, right? So, I, I get it, but... This would be a good opportunity to recapture some of the momentum they had just a few short weeks ago. Uh, going there and winning that game would help soften the blow of losing four of your last five. Mm-hmm. You know, portaling well, recruiting well would help as well. But you've got a chance to go win a game to get to nine wins, which would be 19 wins over the last two years. Yeah, that that would be a significant thing if you go there and win. Now, losing is not the end of the world, but. I think Lane Kiffin and staff need to kind of focus up and win that game. I think that would help recapture the fan base some. Yeah, I mean, losing five out of your last six, nobody wants that. That's a tough way to end the season. And the same thing is for State here, too. I mean, you picked up a ton of momentum winning that game. You need to keep it going into the offseason. Getting a win, finishing 9-4, and you're probably going to be ranked in the top 20. State needs that momentum. So, you know, I agree with what Borky's saying. It's never a must win, but it's it's a need to win. And Texas Tech, by the way, one and four away from Lubbock this season. It's a seven and five Texas Tech team against an eight and four Ole Miss team. Sports Talk Mississippi, five o'clock hour, college football fix. That's how we'll start things off after this. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour on Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. For more information, you can go online to PearlRiverResort.com or you can just stop in. Stop by the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino and uh, have yourself a good time. You got a little Monday night football action tonight, right, guys? A little Monday night football tonight? Were you aware of that? Yeah, you, you called it action. I, I was aware. I'm not quite sure that it's going to be action. Well, 4-8 and eight New Orleans at 5-6 and six Tampa Bay. You know what's so stupid? Hey, we'll be in second place if we win. Yeah, th- because the Falcons lost like a win puts us back in the division hunt. 
That's how stupid this is. Mike Evans is probably happy, though, because Marshawn Lattimore's still uh, a game away from coming back. By the way, he like... What, catch. What, what did he tear? Hey, Dad, he tore like a, a kidney or something. Like, I mean, it's like... So it was something not good. Yeah. Some crazy internal injury. Internal. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Mike Evans won't have to face Marshawn Lattimore tonight, so he might actually catch the football against the Saints. So good for him. Marshawn Lattimore kind of... Mike Evans' daddy, right? Oh yeah, just owns the guy. I know, kind of in there. Yeah, it's it's some it's some Yankees fans to Pedro, who's your daddy type stuff with uh, with those two. Yeah, twenty three and me would come back one hundred percent positive. <laughs> well played. <laughs> All right, so today, December fifth, is the day that's been circled on the calendar for a long time because it is the first day officially of the transfer portal being open. It is time right now for the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Finally getting some trucks in at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. If it's so hard to come by, F-Series from Ford. That's the best-selling truck in America for 45 straight years. Stop by and test drive an F-150 today. So, uh, six starting quarterbacks in the ACC. Six. Starting quarterbacks in the ACC have entered the transfer portal, including E.J. Uyunglele from Clemson, Eden Slovis from Pittsburgh, Devin Leary from NC State, the uh, quarterback from Boston College, who has committed to Pittsburgh. To Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's already done, yeah. Jerkovich, is that right? Yeah. He, he looks like yes. he's solid. Yeah, started out at Notre Dame and then went to Boston College and now headed to Pittsburgh. Got some other high-profile quarterbacks in the portal. One in particular that I'm really interested to see where he lands. Mike Wright from Vanderbilt is in the portal. Began the season as the starter, lost his starting job, Came back when A.J. Swan was banged up or not playing well. <clears throat> Played pretty well. Athletic at times threw it well. Is that a project that somebody takes on? I'm not sure a major Power 5 so. school is saying, you know what, we want him right now to be our starter. There's some upside there with Mike Wright. Yeah. He'll find his way at a, at a Sun Belt or a Conference USA school and be a good player for them, I think. People are going to think I'm so stupid for saying this. I think Ole Miss should call him. And okay. not not to compete with Jackson Dart, that's not what I'm saying, but a similar principle is happening to them that happened last year. Uh, so, Richard, correct me if I'm wrong, Kincaid Dent went through senior day stuff, right? Yes, that's correct. So, Altmyer's in the portal, Dent is gone, and so next year, as of this moment, you will only have two scholarship quarterbacks on roster. The guy coming in from Nashville, who played well but lost in the state championship game, and then Jackson Dart. You need a third guy in that room. No doubt. So if, uh, let's say that Mike Wright hits the portal and, and just doesn't really have great options, not thrilled with what he's got, you bring him into to Oxford, 
And if Jackson Dart gets hurt, a runner can come in and spell him, be a bit of a change of pace, and he can develop under Lane Kiffin, who has shown you throughout his two-decade career that he can turn quarterbacks, he can make quarterbacks better, no doubt. So I think Ole Miss needs to sign a quarterback out of the portal to have just another body in the room because you need more than two, just like last year. So if he doesn't like his destinations, you know, yeah, he's worth calling. What's the worst he's going to do? Hey, Coach, sorry, Coastal Carolina already reached out, and I'm, I'm going to go replace Grayson McCall. Okay, cool. Good luck, man. But it's worth a phone call, I think. Quarterbacks in the portal. Here you go. Owen McCown leaving Colorado. Jason Brown leaving Virginia Tech. Tyler Macon leaving Missouri. Donovan Smith, who played a good bit this year, leaving Texas Tech. DJ Uwe Ungalale leaving Clemson. Nick Evers leaving Oklahoma. Zach Calzada leaving Auburn. Speaking of Ole Miss, Evers is a guy, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that they recruited pretty hard. Maybe. I'm just like lost in the names. But maybe you're right. I'm not doubting you at all. Can Zach Calzada transfer again without sitting out? Graduate. He's a grad transfer, yeah. Oh. As classified as a redshirt sophomore. That's impressive. I mean. Will Crowder leaving West Virginia. Eli Stow- uh, Stowers, Stowers or Stowers leaving Texas A&M. Jerkovich has already left Boston College and is headed to Pittsburgh. Eden Slovis leaving Pitt. Grad transfer. Darius Ocean leaving Western Kentucky. Malik Hornsby leaving Arkansas. Daniel Greek leaving Mississippi State. William Haskell leaving San Diego State. Austin Reed leaving Western Kentucky. He put up some numbers. Yeah, that guy is interesting. He's really, really good. Graham Mertz leaving Wisconsin. Jacob Conover leaving BYU. Jaron Lewis leaving Kansas State. Devin Leary leaving NC State. That one is a surprise to some. Mike Wright leaving Vanderbilt. Holman Edwards leaving Houston. Jay Butterfield leaving Oklahoma. Luke Altmyer leaving Ole Miss. Casey Case leaving Buffalo. Mikey Keene leaving UCF. Hudson Card leaving Texas. Uh, Kyron Drones leaving Baylor. Just looking to see if any of these names even... Yeah, Drew there's Pine. over 60 of them. Yeah, Drew Pine leaving Notre Dame. Did you mention Haynes King? I have not gotten to him yet, no. He's in uh, there. Back up at North He's Carolina leaving... Another quarterback leaving BYU, Jeff Sims, leaving Georgia Tech. Haynes King leaving A&M. Connor Basilak, after time at Missouri and Indiana, is now leaving Indiana. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Cade McNamara left Michigan. He's headed to Iowa. That's an upgrade at Iowa. McNamara's a good player. Yeah, better than what they've had for sure. I mean, and, you know, I, I tweeted this, um, and it was actually liked by the current quarterback at Mississippi State, so I kind of feel bad for that. But if, I think that uh, with the, the vol, we talked about this on Friday some, but with the volume of talent in the portal, Mississippi State should shop. And that doesn't mean that you're desperate because you're not. You've got a very good college quarterback already on your roster. This isn't about so much anti Will Rogers, it's just it's the most important position on the field, and you've got really talented guys in the portal, and not all of them are going to have attractive destinations. And a lot of them have more than one year of eligibility left. 
that there is absolutely no harm whatsoever in shopping if you're them. None. Because you might get a guy that's talented that can push your current starter. Maybe even take the job if you find a talented one enough. And if not, if you can't push him and overtake him, you've got a talented guy on your roster that's already developed multiple years in a college system. And if the rumors are true, gives you more comfort with what you have behind Rodgers in the quarterback room anyway. I think it's a no-brainer to shop. What's the worst that's going to happen? Some They all tell you no, and you're stuck with a guy that's breaking all of your passing records? Oh, darn. It's just... It's something that they should do. It's the most important position on the field, and that portal has a bunch of talented just, guys in it. It just bothers me that it feels like every other position on the field, people will be like, okay, you got to recruit. You got to get better at every position. You, you know, nobody's ever safe. If you can get a better player, you got to get him in. But a quarterback, it's like, well, you know, you've got this guy, and he's been there for a couple years. There's no need to. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, if State has the same kicker for a couple of years, should they not go get a better kicker if he's available? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's true for everybody. If Ole Miss could find a better quarterback in the portal than Jackson Dart, they should go get him. The top ranked quarterbacks in the on three transfer portal are Devin Leary from NC State, Brennan Armstrong leaving Virginia, Uyango Ole leaving Clemson, Austin Reed from West Virginia, Jerkovich who's already committed to Pittsburgh, Nick Evers leaving OU, Braylon Braxton leaving Tulsa. Saw him earlier this year. Um, Hudson Card leaving Texas, Jacoby Criswell leaving North Carolina, and Cade McNamara, who has already landed at Iowa. Sports Talk Mississippi will be right back. That's your college football fix driven by Ford. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. Text line. Let's do this one. This will be fun. 601-879-4395. You want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on the C Spire text line. Hey, Richard Cross. I will never forget two weeks ago when you said, why would Kiffin stay at Ole Miss? It is that type of thinking that keeps us from being great. And goes on to say, can y'all admit that y'all are part of the problem in the media when it came to speculation in regards to the Kiffin to Auburn story? I absolutely pushed that narrative. I'll have you. I, I'll have you know. I, 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 I did everything I could to get him to Auburn. I, I am curious, Mister Texter, with no name attached. Oh wait, there's a name. Scroll back for it. I think it's uh, William and Madison. William, are you married? Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not trying to dig into your personal life at all. But I'm curious how it goes over at your house when you completely make something up out of thin air, tell your wife that she said it, and then try to throw it back in her face. How does that work? Because, William, that's what you did when you say, 
I will never forget when you said, why would Kiffin stay at Ole Miss? You completely made that up out of thin air. Heard something that you wanted to believe that wasn't true. And then two weeks later, try to throw it back in my face. Guess what, William? In Madison? You're wrong. You're wrong. Completely wrong. And with regard to, can we admit that we were part of the problem in the media when it came to speculation in regards to Kiffin to Auburn? I, I mean, classify that however you want to, but if, if you have a better plan for how to host a statewide sports show when a coach at a school in the state, one of the SEC coaches in the state, is looking at another job and exploring the possibility of taking another job and not talking about it for three weeks, I am all ears. Because I'm not sure that's a sports show that many people would listen to. But I am I am interested to hear your programming thoughts. Just say it. William. Billy. Great text, Billy. We, we need we we need to to sponsor Billy these rants Madison. that he goes on every now and then. And I, somebody on the text line had it. We just call it Richard is Cross. And and we could get that sponsored by somebody, and we could make some money. I'm just saying, if you're out there and you're interested in one of Richard's weekly rants, being a sponsor for that, hit me up at heydad at supertalk.fm. Uh, hey, Richard. You stop you trying Brian? to take sales leads from me. Stop it. Hey, Richard, remember <laughs> when you told Brian to come on when Brian hit it at State having the potential of winning the Egg Bowl a month ago? Like he was a moron? That was fun. I actually do remember that. I did that. <laughs> yeah, you did. I absolutely you did, did do that. it. My preseason predictions. Um, I'll never be this good again in my life. I, I'm waiting on one more, one more to come true, and I'm, I'm and then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be happy as can be. What's the last one? No, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm not gonna jinx it. You'll, you'll you'll know when it happens. Related yeah, to yeah, Ole Miss yeah, or Mississippi yeah, State or what? It's, it's Ole Miss related. It's Ole Miss related. Hmm. All right. I'm trying to think on it. Uh, although I do remember of of the three people on this show, one on Wednesday before the Egg Bowl correctly picked the outcome of the Egg Bowl. That's true. You got you get predict you get credit for that. Absolute credit. You had it. You had you had the faith in your Bulldogs that yes, that nobody else had. I, known Homer, but it worked out for you. But that said, gosh, did I, I the, the the segment that you you clipped well, that I retweeted? No, no, no. I'm sorry, I've I've got to read this. I'm sorry for interrupting you mid train of thought. You know what? You go ahead. But you, here's the thing: it's the holiday season. I'm a giver. Billy and I mean, Billy William and Madison he come back. Another message, Billy Madison. <laughs> He says, Kiffin never did anything to warrant the speculation. I get y'all are saying it's what he didn't do, but that type of thing can lead to wild Uh, William, let me ask you a question. Do you think we only operated off of what other media were talking about? 
Do you think after working in sports media in the state of Mississippi for 20, how old am I, 18, 24 years, I don't have any connections? Do you think I didn't source any of what I was saying? You think I was just making stuff up out of thin air? Brother, believe whatever you want to believe. But that's not how I operate. And if you've listened to this show for any period of time, you know that I don't miss very often on something that's big and something that's serious. Who was the first person and the only person, Billy, in the media that told you that Lane Kiffin had a new contract offer from Ole Miss? Who was the first person that reported Lane Kiffin was actually the head coach at Ole Miss? Who's the first person that reported Hugh Freeze was the head coach at Ole Miss? You'll go back and check the receipts on that stuff? I don't think you do. And and for you to like pretend like I just made that stuff up? Come on, man. Be smarter than that. Be better than that. Just be better. Or maybe you maybe you really think that is true. In which case I can't help you. Uh, there there are people but we that We appreciate you listening. <laughs> there are people that do. Bobby and Batesville, somebody's getting seasoned with seasonings by Cross. Uh, people don't oh forget. Oh, my God. People don't forget, do they? <laughs> my all-time favorite. I don't remember where I left off, by the way, when I was talking, so we'll just continue on here. <laughs> yeah, sorry I interrupted you. My bad. Yeah. Rely Quest Bowl, is that where we were going? It's where we were supposed to go, but we might have to do that <laughs> here in, in nine minutes. <laughs> I got strong, I'm a man, I'm 40, Gundy speech vibes there. Yeah. <laughs> Richard needs says, a glass of hypersensitive? I, no, it's the thing, I'm not hypersensitive, but I will tell you that when somebody basically comes out and calls you a liar or makes something up that you didn't say <laughs> to fit their agenda, yeah, you're going to kind of get me going a little bit. I don't even know what this means. Richard just gave that guy the mushrooms on his sweet potatoes. What does that even mean? Oh, you weren't here that day, I've been living in the South my whole life, and I've never heard that that particular phrase. Yeah, you weren't here that day. Did I say something bad this time? No, I said said, uh, mushrooms instead of marshmallows, talking about sweet potato casserole. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. You got to put put mushrooms on top of your sweet potato casserole. It took me like a good yeah. five minutes to say, wait, marshmallows, not mushrooms, different thing. <laughs> William, I don't know Chris if any of your Cross friends know that you text and Let's listen, but you're now Billy to them and not William anymore. Hope it's okay. Hmm. You also can be a Billy Madison just talking gibberish at the dinner table tonight. And I mean, we live in the same town. What if I've met Billy before? I know. I actually. I, I know. Past the third grade. I know two Williams that live in my my little town. <laughs> what if that's him? That could be your friend. 
Do you think this person was serious when they said the Wednesday before the Egg Bowl there was a caller who said? Well, like, I don't there know, has not man. been a caller on this radio show in how many years? Cross telling Billy to go get his shine box. Man. Yeah. Oh, but to answer your question, yes, oh. there are people, there are people, a volume of them. I've seen screenshots of Facebook pages, for example, that think that it was all made up. That you, me, Neil McCready, Chase Parham, Ben Garrett, David Johnson, Chuck Roundsville, Ross Dellinger, Pete Thamel, all made it up. There are people In fairness, that actually believe that I, that is true. I would believe that from that scoundrel Ben Garrett. The worst. We get a message that says, that you know, I didn't listen every day, but what I heard from you guys had me worried he was going to Auburn. You should have been worried he was going to Auburn. <laughs> his his we, bosses we were, were worried that he you. was going to Auburn. Everybody there was worried that he was going. Everybody. We got Mississippi State football to talk about when we come back. There's a bowl game on Finally. The Started today. Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, checking it twice. Mississippi State and the Fighting Burt Bielemas, the Illinois Fighting Illini, ESPN2, 11 a.m., second day of the new calendar year. That's Monday morning, January 2nd, 2023, at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Two pretty good defenses. Yes. Especially and then if you're talking about the defense that Mississippi State rolled out on the field in the final game of the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the state's best defensive performance of the year, no no questions asked. So can they build upon that? They should have a lot of momentum. You know, should have some excitement with all the guys coming back. We talked about it earlier with Arkansas, Kansas. I mean this could be an ugly football game. Low scoring, take the under if you decide to bet. Um, or Illinois, you know, they play in a, a, a division that doesn't pass the ball very much. You're talking about a division, you know, they play with Wisconsin and, 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 and Iowa and Minnesota. You know, Purdue throws the ball a good bit. I think Indiana throws the ball some. But for the most part, they don't face a lot of passing teams. But that said, if you look at their pass efficiency numbers, which is a good indicator of doesn't really matter how many times they throw it, this is what you're doing against the pass. They're very good. They're very good. They have a great running back. Uh, uh, Chase Brown, I think is his name. He rushed for a ton of yards this year. So they're, they're a good team. I, I expect it to be a very close football game. One I'd like to see Mississippi State, you know, really take to heart because, like I said earlier, a nine win season, a top 20 final ranking goes a long way, I think, with where this program is right now. Illinois went eight and four this year. They beat Wyoming in the opener and then lost in week two to what turned out to be a pretty bad Indiana team. I think Indiana finished four and eight. 
But then they went on a run, right? They beat Virginia, beat Chattanooga, beat Wisconsin on the road, <laughs> beat Iowa 9-6, to 9-6. Beat Minnesota, won at Nebraska, then they lost three straight. They lost to Michigan State by eight. They lost by seven to Purdue. And they lost by two at Michigan. And Brett Bielema, Brett Bielema, you remember, was none too happy with the officiating. And then they closed out the regular season on the road, beat Northwestern 41-3 to cap a 1-11 season for Northwestern. 8-4, finished second in the Big Ten West. Say what? Champions of Europe. Mm Mm-hmm. Indeed. It's going to be an ugly football game. No, ugly is not the right word. Yeah. Uh, points are going to be at a premium uh, because you know I, I made a joke last week about Illinois' offense being, I mean, terrible, and they are. I mean, it, it's hard to watch, honestly, at, at times. But they're legit defensively, and not legit for Illinois. I mean, legit just for college football. Like you said, I mean, they went to Michigan and Ann Arbor and held Michigan in check for four quarters. Completely held Michigan in check for four quarters. Michigan turned around the next week and dominated Ohio State. Scored, what, 44 points? Uh, So that's Mm -hmm. a legitimately good defense going up against, obviously, a legitimately good defense in in Mississippi State. Now, no Emmanuel Forbes, but again, passing offense from Illinois does, I mean, doesn't scare you at all. At all. You've seen 10 better passing offenses than Illinois this season. That might be a little hyperbolic, but you've seen a fair share of much, much better athletes at quarterback and at wide receiver and on the offensive line than what you're going to see from Illinois. So, very winnable game, but going to be low scoring, kind of an ugly game. I think it could be kind of similar to State's last trip to this bowl against Iowa, uh, where you know State made enough of, enough mistakes that kept Iowa in the game. I mean, Iowa rushed for like negative 10 yards or something, something ridiculous in that game. But State just kept turning the ball over. Uh, if State plays pretty clean, I think, yeah, they, they can win this football game pretty easily. But if they don't, and I, and, and at this point I don't trust State to play a, a completely clean game, then Illinois is going to be able to hang around. And defensively they have a defense that can can make can force mistakes and take advantage of them. Yeah. Will Rogers going to play a clean game, right? You can't you can't give it to yeah. Illinois. Hey, on a day where all of the announcements that we've seen have been about players leaving or entering the transfer portal, I'm a little surprised by this announcement. LSU's Kayshawn Booty announces that he's coming back to LSU for his senior season next year. Are you surprised by that at all? Yes. That's the guy who I, prior to the season would have told you would have been a first-round pick. And even with having a, a sort of a down year, uh, the talent is, is undeniable. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. LSU, I mean, the West never gets any easier. But With him, and I assume Neighbors will be back, Brian Thomas will be back, and, of course, they're bringing in talent. I mean, Malik Neighbors. Whoever their quarterback is next year, he's a sophomore. Was he? Yeah, but I mean, when I say I don't, when I say be back, I don't necessarily mean, you know, anybody can go in the portal. I'd be surprised, yeah. but anybody can do it. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, they've just got they've got you have to put that qualifier on everybody. Yeah, 
whoever their quarterback is next year, they need to go. Their 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 portal priority is running back. They need a stud. They need to find a Jameer Gibbs kind of guy for themselves next year. But LSU should be right back in the mix. And they had the stud quarterback that they recruited, Walker um, Walker Howard. Yeah, Walker Howard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if they're ready to hand the keys to him or not, but we'll see. Um, we're kind of going through bowl games. Are, are there any games that just kind of jump off the page at you? Like, man, I, I really look forward to watching that one. Syracuse, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Florida State, Texas, and Washington in the Valero Alamo Bowl? Yes? That game always delivers regardless. It's, it's, it's the old Miss Arkansas of bowls. Just whoever's in there, you get a crazy game. So, yes, I'll watch that one for sure. I like the Holiday Bowl matchup, even though North Carolina has, has had a rough couple weeks. I, I like that matchup. I think it'll be a good game. I think Gator the Rose Bowl, Bowl is, is a good matchup, too. That'll be, you talk about a, a well attended bowl. There you go. That'll be close to a sellout, I think. Dude, it's a four hour and 15 minute drive from Columbia, South Carolina to Jacksonville. I don't know how many fans Notre Dame's bringing for that game, but South Carolina. South Carolina's bringing 40,000 plus, right? Yes, easily. I just, it feels like that's a big one. And that's a Friday, a Friday at 2.30 in the afternoon, going into a holiday weekend. South Carolina folks are coming like crazy for that one. Yeah. What that was what they wanted. They wanted to play under the Orange Bowl. Love it. The I wish I wish Hooker was playing, but but you know, we'll see what next year looks like for these. That'll be a good gauge of next season, Klubnik versus uh Milton. The our seasons got derailed by losing to South Carolina Bowl. An mm. interesting one. Um, got derailed by the cockaboos. Yeah, uh, you know I'm curious to see what Klubnik looks like. You know, being somebody that the opponent's going to have time to prepare for, although his film is is quite limited. I, I'm curious where DJ ends up. You know, talking about the transfer portal. You know, wh- where does he go? Uh, who who will take on somebody like him? I imagine that somebody will, but. Too often when people are talking about portal players, well, DJ was a five-star. He was, but recruiting rankings don't bat a 1,000. Has he at any point played like a five-star this season? Had a couple nice throws in the second half against Wake Forest. But I don't think his options are going to be as high as some people think they are. There might be a little humbling that happens here. I always fall back on the recruiting ranking as, you know he's got talent. The talent is there. It's 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 in there somewhere. And it's a question of can you get to it? Because you don't get to, they don't just name you a five star for for grins and giggles. You know they they have a process behind that. So he's obviously a talented player. In the right, I'll tell you this: if Dan Mullen were coaching somewhere this year, that's the that's the, the place I would tell him to go. Fits perfectly with what Mullen likes to do. So whoever's the closest guy out there, I mean, would Florida be a good spot? Would Napier? Kind of a similar offense down there. He, I mean, from a physical standpoint, he and Anthony Richardson very similar. That that might be a good spot for him. I kind of questioned when you said something about we'll get a chance to look at Joe Milton for next year. Am I wrong? Is he gone? 
Well, I think he's got a year left. So he played in 2018, played in four games at Michigan in 18, three mm-hmm. games at Michigan at 19. So either one of those could technically be a red shirt. The red year. shirt, yeah. Played in All seven right. in 2020, mm-hmm. transferred to Tennessee. And each of the last two years would have counted, but if he's got a red shirt year and 2020 didn't didn't count against him, right? It's COVID year. Then he technically has a year left. It would be a six year in six year in college. There you go. That's. I'm uh, sure he's coming back. He's got to put. He's got to get some film. Another toolsy guy. He'll he'll be the Levis of next year. Everybody will tell you he's a top ten pick because he can throw the ball a mile and he's big. Right. He can do that. 6'5", 245. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up with you next. You took me all night long. It's time to get real. Real Sports Talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. It was on, I saw. Yep. Absolutely was on. And was worth every second. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV one last time this afternoon. Uh, A couple of things from Pete Thamel's Twitter feed. Kevin Wilson who is the former Indiana head coach, is moving toward being the next head coach at Tulsa. And I mentioned that because Barry Odom's name had been mentioned pretty prominently with that job, and yet they didn't get there. Uh, So USF has hired Alex Golish, who is the offensive coordinator at Tennessee under Josh Heupel, and now they've hired Todd Orlando, who was the defensive coordinator at Texas, or has been a defensive coordinator at Texas, Southern Cal, and Houston, to be the defensive cold, uh, coordinator at USF. And Borky, did you just say this to me, or did you say it on the air a minute ago? Uh, about uh, Deion Sanders? Yes. So, uh, according to Pete Thamel, uh, the head coach at Kent State, Sean Lewis is his name, uh, mm-hmm. He was the head coach of the first bowl win in Kent State history, is, quote, the target of the offensive coordinator search at Colorado. If Thamel says something like that, they have gone down the road at least enough. He, he, is, he has followed up the original tweet and has said that he's leaving, and it's done. That, that's, that's strong for, for Deion Sanders. I mean, it's Kent State, and I think he was making just over 400 k I assume Colorado will be able to give more than that to be an offensive coordinator. But that tells you people keep dismissing Dion, and I get it, I do, but he just poached a head coach to be his offensive coordinator at the FBS level. It is Kent State, I'm aware. But not every coach can do that. Yeah. You think Hugh Freeze could have done that at Auburn? I don't. Well, he hasn't. 
At least not yet. Um, let's see here. Hunter in Columbus, recruiting ratings mean something. Alabama has proven that, but they have so many that you really don't see the ones that really weren't that good. I think there's a ton of three stars that are as good as anyone and a ton of four stars that aren't any better than three stars, but if you're able to get nothing but four and five stars year after year, you really don't see the ones that bust. Just talking about recruiting in general, I think. Also, did you guys see that Ed Ogeron may be a finalist for the UNLV job? You seen that name floating around? That ended up being erroneously reported. Ah. Erroneous. Erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. That's disappointing, though. Eddie O in Las Vegas. I mean, I want a hard knocks set up around that, you know? Yeah. Monday Night Football. Coming up uh, tonight, you've got uh, Tampa Bay hosting the New Orleans Saints. You are so inclined. You can watch that. Borky, are you, you going to watch? Get your Saints gear on. You're going to make yourself watch? How quick will the trigger finger be on the remote if you don't like the way it's going? I'll see through it to the end, I think. Okay. Hey, Dad, quick trigger finger for you on the remote? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It always is with the... Uh... With the NFL. Mm, that's fair. It's a fun, wild day yesterday in the uh, in the NFL. We uh, we have not made our way all the way through the bowl schedule. We certainly have not begun to, with any level of depth, break down Mississippi State's matchup, break down Ole Miss's matchup. We got plenty of time to do that. Oh, we, we got, got the entire month of December. We got a month. We yeah, do. We're, we're good. We're Hadn't good. looked at the uh, playoff matchups yet. TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia. I, I will ask you this simple question. Committee get it right? With the four that are in, did eh. they get it right? As as best they could, yeah. Not really a lot of, you know, outside of Georgia, Michigan, who was who who was really deserving is the question. I just like that, you know, Michigan, Ohio State actually didn't mean anything. I was told that... uh you know, in a 12-team playoff, those games wouldn't mean anything. But apparently in a 14-team playoff, that game didn't mean anything either. Both teams got in. Hmm. If your name rhymes with Mace and Malumbus, I might be talking to you. Sports Talk Mississippi, thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow starting at 3 o'clock right here in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Be sure to check out GenteelApparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back tomorrow. Good night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services a Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.